This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, welcome back to the Frontier Freedom Hour on this very special Merry Christmas broadcast. Joining with us is the Chancellor of Colorado Christian University, Dr. Donald Sweeney. He has a new article out in Fox this week titled, Why We Desperately Need Christmas. Number three, we desperately need Christmas in that it gets us thinking about others. That is important. That is very unique about this season. Mm. Yeah. Now, you know, when when I pose the question of why we desperately need Christmas, let me just remind your listeners that um, I I think we need to impress upon our, uh, you know, make sure our our children and those who are around us understand the why of Christmas. I was talking to, to a faculty member the other day about teaching a class at CCU, and he said, this generation wants to know the why. You know, not not just go through the motions. They want to know the why. So that's why, um, you know, I thought, okay, I got to I got to spell this out. Um, Christmas uh, helps us focus on Christ, uh, the heart of Christmas. Christmas brings light and music into our lives. And thirdly, I put it gets us thinking about others. It gets us out of ourselves. Jeff, I mean, don't isn't this a problem that the two of us have that we we become so (laughs) focused on our deadlines and our. Uh, assignments and the goals and the and the pace and and work dominates us and and then we stop looking at the people around us and and it, it we we desperately need to be pulled out and as the year goes on it just gets more intense and then along comes Christmas just in the nick of time and all of a sudden we realize oh my goodness I got to think about others I got to think about the people I'll give gifts to I got to think about the people you know I got to think about the guy who delivers the paper. Uh, he'll remind me. He sends me a card, but I appreciate what he does. Uh, I about the gals who clean my office every night. I don't think anybody pays any attention to them, and and but uh, the, their presence. I don't know. Just uh, it occurs to me at Christmas time the importance of them and acknowledging them. It could be a shut in, a student, a needy child. Um, there's so many people around us, but Christmas opens us up. Uh, to others and gets us out of ourselves. Don't you think so? I love this, the story of a Christmas carol where the redemption for Scrooge comes internally, right? Um, I think today, if it was a, a a modern leftist that wrote a Christmas carol, there'd be a, uh, someone that shows up from the government to you know redistribute the wealth uh, to others, but the, the Christmas story is that, and it, we're by no means anti-capitalist. We're we're absolutely supportive of free market and, yeah. and capitalism, but but the the there is a a sense that we can get so hyper focused, our heads down, we're delivering on our deadlines. Um, yeah, that but- that we've got to focus in on others, and that redemption comes from internally. Well, you know, let me just push on that a little bit. Free markets, apart from a, a Judeo-Christian influence, could, uh, I don't know if it goes in a good direction. Right. And and Adam Smith was deeply affected by by um, uh, you know the the importance of moral sentiments, uh, not just the market mechanism. Um, so um, I, I think uh, free markets work best when there's an ethic of of care for other people. If you take that away, if you take the Judeo-Christian influence away, 
uh, it could go in a really not a good direction. And this is what a Christmas Carol pictures. Here's Scrooge, and he's what he he he's really numb to the people who are cleaning his place. The philanthropists show up at his shop, and he doesn't want to give a cent to them. His nephew Fred comes along, and he he ridicules Fred. He uh, he's not really attuned to the needs of Bob Cratchit or all the little Cratchits or Tiny Tim. He's a crusty, a covetous person um, until until he's opened up at Christmas. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, you you talk too about the importance of kind of family gatherings, family traditions, getting people together. Um, what are some traditions you do in your household? Well, one of our traditions has been uh, we would go to, uh, you know, we, we're, we were a singing family. We, all of us play instruments. So we would go to a hospital every Christmas, uh, often to the pediatric ward, uh, uh, cancer ward, and we would sing Christmas carols. Uh, and it was it was something we just loved doing in every room we were able to go into. People, you know, it was it was just a glimmer of of hope and light for the people who are going through really hard times. And we have done this, you know, through the years, all different ages. We'd always bring some different people with us um, and say, you know, you can sing. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it was it was just a way of you know, exposing us to need and trying to lift their spirits. That's very powerful. And it, uh, the image I have in my mind is, is that inbreaking of the light, right? Um, you can't imagine the suffering that those children are going through. Um, the, no. the, the fear, the darkness, and here comes this beautiful singing this beautiful tradition. And so you're, you're anchoring, anchoring your children in that type of experience. What do you guys do on Christmas morning as a family? And Christmas morning, we started a tradition when the kids were young uh, of before we go to the tree, we would go to one of our nativity sets. Uh, I have a, a beautiful set that I got in, in Israel, uh, in Bethlehem. Um, and, uh, we would read the Christmas story, and I, yeah, I wanted to make the point with them that, look, we're going to open presents today, but the main thing isn't the presents that we're giving or receiving. It's the gift that God gave in sending his son into the world. And so by gathering around uh, at that manger, when they were little, even now when we have grandkids and uh, kids who are staying with us, that's the first thing we do. And it's just to emphatically make the point that this is not ultimately a materialistic thing or just a, a wonderful gift-giving tradition. This is something rooted in God's act of incredible generosity and in the imitation of that by the Magi giving gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm. Telling them the why, really. Why do we give gifts? You know, Here's why we give gifts. Why do we sing music? Here's why we sing music. Why do we put lights on trees? Here's why we put lights on trees. We keep going back to the basics. Now, you've told me this personally. I'm going to put you on the spot. There's another right. family tradition you guys have out there right. uh, that that uh, has to do with counting oh, reindeer man. on cars. Yeah, we we uh, so we I have four children and uh, they're they're adults now and they started this tradition a few years ago. They it's called the reindeer games and. It's a competition we have. We're spread over the United States, but it starts on 
the day after Thanksgiving, and it goes till Christmas Eve midnight. And, um, and my daughter devised the point scheme. And, and so you get points if you see a car that has, let's say, a nose on it or reindeer antlers or has a wreath on it or has a Christmas tree on it, carrying a Christmas tree, you know, to the house or has lights on it or some decoration or Santa hanging out the back uh, trunk. Um, and she's got a whole point system. And so we're competing with points. We all keep track. We have a little note card in our car. And then at the person who's got the most points on Christmas morning, we we uh, tally, tally our scores and there's an award that you get, a, a very nice prize. And then we put your name on a Christmas decoration that you're the winner of you know, the reindeer games for, for this year. I don't know. It's just one of these funny things that we, we started that, that pulls us together before we get together. But, you know, people usually spend more family time together at Christmas than any other time of the year. So we we try to, you know, make the most of it uh, now that our kids are out of the house. And when they're in the house, you know, you want to make it very special because you're going to be rooting them in traditions and rituals and and understanding. And it's and and uh, it's a wonderful time to teach them what really matters. Don, how has Christmas changed since you become a grandparent? Oh, Goodness gracious. Um, well, uh, it, it, in some ways, you know, I desperately miss having my kids at home. So uh, uh, leading up to Christmas is a little quieter. But then when Christmas comes, uh, you know, the noise descends because everybody everybody shows up. And now that they're grandkids, uh, you, you again see Christmas through the the tiny little eyes of a of a one year old, which we have now, or an eight year old, and and they just see it differently, you know. They they experience it, but they love the stability of traditions. My my eight year old, he he craves it, and I think it's because they they end up living in such a fragmented, broken world, and they're looking for stability. They they. They love the joy of it and the family togetherness and the family identity. And that's why I just say it's important to maximize this, to think about it intentionally, to plan before it happens. Be flexible, of course, but um, this is this is precious, formative time to pass on what's really important. Amen. That is great. Friends, we're, we're talking with the chancellor of Colorado Christian University, Dr. Donald Sweeting. He's got a new article out in Fox about why we desperately need Christmas. But, you know, one of my encouragements, folks, too, is I didn't grow up in a very religious household with uh, religious traditions like Don's talking about. Um, my wife didn't either. Uh, one of the things I really appreciate about my wife, Nicole, is that uh, she's instilling these new traditions. Um, not not new in the sense that she's making up traditions. <laughs> she's bringing in things like the Advent wreath. I didn't grow up with an Advent wreath. She never grew up with an Advent wreath. We had no idea what Advent even meant. Um, but you can start new traditions with your family, even if you didn't inherit them, to pass on to your children. It's something I deeply appreciate about Nicole is, is her commitment to creating and fostering new traditions, new legacies, new chapters uh, for families, hopefully that will be passed down generation after generation. Friends, we're up against a commercial break. Uh, we'll continue this conversation when we return. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 